Hey everybody, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And this is Strange Indeed, a podcast dedicated to the show, You. Today we'll be covering (laughs) the first episode called Pilot. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to talk about you today. (laughs) You, the audience. Yes. We've been standing outside your windows and watching (laughs) as you do very naughty things with the windows open. Yes, with the no curtains and the wide open windows, and we're we're um, stalking you all over your social media and uh, learning all about you. Yep, we see you, Bob. <laughs> we see you there with your window open. That pillow is not meant for that. <laughs> we see all of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm really excited to talk about that. We're going to have so much fun, uh, not just with the show and talking about it, but just the title alone. Um, it's a fun one to talk about. So with that, I'm really excited to jump into our top five this week on our new show that we're covering. I'll go ahead and start off this week because I'm really feeling it. Um, I'm just going to, I've got a lot of short points here, so, um, but we're going to have some discussions because I'm really curious. A lot of the things that I just want to kind of know about, like what you think about my number five, I'm going to kind of just jump off and talk about in my opinion, like one of the scariest things about this show um, is how easily you can relate to Joe's milder behavior. Um, he, I mean, okay, so when he's kidnapping Benji and locking him in his murder basement, uh, hopefully most of us cannot relate. Um, <laughs> I know, because we don't call it a murder basement. We call it a book basement. Right. So hopefully uh, many of us cannot relate to that particular behavior that Joe is is displaying. But when he's talking about how he can fix Beck's life because she just cannot do it herself, she's just completely incapable. Um, well, that is relatable, in my opinion, because so many men are socialized to think this way, to think of women as objects waiting to be rescued. Um, and I think that's just like the typical behavior that I've come to know. I'm not, I don't want to say a blanket statement, say all men, but I think some can be socialized to think that way, whether or not you really think that way, but it could be how how maybe you were um, brought up or what you see in the media and movies. Um, what do you think about that, Sean? I, I definitely got that vibe a lot in this that you could definitely see uh, a lot of, like, I don't want to say that this is a typical guy, and the only mm-hmm. typical guy I know are the men in my life, and none of them think along those terms. So yep. I always have a tough time understanding that, I guess, because I've never been exposed to that. But I definitely see um, a lot of those things that, like, you know, not he's not over aggressive but controlling for sure. Yeah. Uh you know he has that stalker mentality. He has that quick to fall in love, quick to feel like he's in her life kind of motivation, um conniving a little bit. Um and for all sure. the all the things that whenever you hear about bad relationships like it seems like he has that all kind of put into himself. Very much kind of like a sociopath where he honestly believes all of these things he's doing is good. And, it, mm-hmm. and even in some of his re- interactions with other people, you're like, well, he seems like an okay guy. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I mean, in some ways you could say, like, well, if if you don't have the murder part, yeah, it is creepy, all the stalking and everything. But, you know, 
there's rom-coms, like he said in this, that are built <laughs> on this idea. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. But I, I definitely think that this can tread into a lot of very social commentary type of situations. Uh, I'm curious. I'm curious how they're going to handle that. To, to be honest, I know it was it's it was interesting to see how I mean we all to a point maybe not so much with always the opposite sex maybe sometimes we do I mean I, I know girls younger girls now that are single and anytime they show any type of interest in a guy they immediately start going to all of his social media right they go start checking out his Instagram um, Facebook Twitter whatever the whatever they have they're checking it or they're googling his name you know pretty much finding out all the entire history now it's 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 meant more in a harmless way you know we're not quite you know well I don't know maybe some girls are doing like Joe and finding out where they live and checking it out or whatever. But, um, you know, these things are done today. So that part seems normalized anyway, but, um, it definitely, you know, just hearing his thoughts and seeing where he goes is definitely different. And you know what, I'm just going to say, um, everyone who does a little bit of Facebook stalking and social media stalking, you should be really glad you have that today because, you know, stalking in the, in the, um, like 90s before there was social media, when you really liked a guy and you wanted to know where he was at and what he was up to, you had to do some old fashioned <laughs> investigative work. You know, you had to go talk to his friends. You had to like, oh, we're so-and-so hanging out. We're so-and-so tonight. Um, and you had to go like kind of prowl the town and see yeah. where they were hanging you had to, out. You had to use legit stalking skills of hiding exactly. behind things, peeking around, exactly. hiding in their backseat. <laughs> Not that I know anything about that at all, but I'm just saying, you know, social media certainly uh, helped helped out with that and the internet and things like that, where you didn't have the internet back in the day. So yeah, um, it's just so, wanted to kind of point that out. It's so funny, the timing of this, because uh, Richard and I, I don't know if anybody knows this, is kind of behind the wall, but we record our episodes ahead of time. So we've already got kind of like a couple episodes done. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've done like two episodes as odes to our wives. So around oh. Valentine's Day, those are going to come out. One's for his wife, one's for my wife. And it's very interesting because we touch on that topic. You know, he met his wife during a time where you had to, like, go up and introduce yourself. and You couldn't really see what they're about with this, like, social media stalking. Whereas mm-hmm. when Tiffany and I got together, social media was there. So you can kind of, like, peek around and be like, okay, well, like, what's she about? Like, what kind of guys has she been with? What kind of girls has he been with? Um, yep. And, I mean, you, it's very, very creepy to see – I, I I mean, I think everybody's done it. I'm sure like you've like met somebody like, oh, I wonder what they're like on social media or like, what are they like? Totally. You click on them, you start searching around and, you know, but when you see somebody else do it, it just exposes like the, the creepy factor of it and the, you know, the invasion of privacy, even though it's not privacy. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I think this, this, this show is really going to kind of expose like him standing outside her window. Like that's like the next level creepy. Definitely. You know, the him inside his own house, like looking at all the things that she has public to the internet. It's still creepy to an extent, but it's it's one of those things that I think I don't know maybe my generation might be the first one to kind of do that, but it's probably the generation after me too where it's like, well, I mean, it's out there. I mean, it's it's just something that they're going to get. It's no different yeah. than like our phone numbers back in the day. It's like if you want my phone number, you can find it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, shoot, if you had access to a phone book, you could find someone's address and uh, phone number um, and and you can still access it online. You know, they have, you know, uh, white pages and all that stuff online and they have 
all of that kind of stuff. And if you do have, I mean, if you have all of your profiles set to, to public, well, you know, people are going to look at it. That's kind of the whole point. Um, now, of course, I'm not saying it's okay to go to that next level, going to someone's house and stalking them and watching them and following them throughout their life and having their, you know, routine down to like, oh, I know oh, that yeah. you're waking up at 630 for this. And then by 10, you're doing this. And then he's breaking into her apartment, you know, when, when he calls the gas leak um, on her apartment and stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's wrong. That's stalking. That's, you know, definitely crossing a line, but we, we all do it. And like I said, whether or not you do it because you're interested in a guy, you're interested in a girl, or you're just like, oh, oh I met this person and I, I just want to kind of know more about them. And you just go check them out to kind of get a little bit about them because we put our lives out there. But, um, so it, it's just a real interesting take. He definitely does take it to the next creepy level. Like when he does that Google image of her apartment and yeah, yeah I was like, Oh my God, I know what Google image is, but I did not know you could do that. And that kind of scared the hell out of me. Yeah, it's de- it's something that I've always, there's been like pictures I have of myself. I'm like, well, I wonder if that naked picture of me is on the internet. But I know Google has <laughs> just want more naked pictures of me. So I've never done it. Right. right. We'll leave that to everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's that's my number five was just kind of ta- thinking a little bit about, um, you know, how it can be. To me, what some one of the scariest things about the show is, and that's just what I wanted to kind of touch on for a second. So I want to hear your number five. So my number five, uh, I, I kind of vaguely mentioned this at the beginning, but this is what I, I think this is a new genre, and it's basically a horror rom-com. Yes. Uh, because, I mean, you're like, like I kind of jokingly said, like there's a lot of rom-coms that start out this way. And yeah, that's, yes. that's how they are. You know, the, the difference between being cute and psychotic, I think is how interested the opposite party is, you know, like if she pulled back that curtain and she had a huge crush on this guy, she'd be like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I love you. Then they kiss and make out and they live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. But in this case, she's going to pull that curtain and be like, who the fuck are you? Get out of my house. And we know he can swing a hammer. So I'm guessing it wouldn't end up, end up very well. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's it's I love the perspective of this because it's all from his perspective. It sounds like he's coming from a legit like good place in his mind. Yeah. Uh he feels good about it. Yeah, I mean he's very much talking he's already got a nickname for her, Beck, you know, it's mm-hmm. not going by her first name, it's her last name I believe. Um yeah. but he's always calling her Beck. That's that's what it is. Uh the stocking is down like oh man, it's just but but yeah, it just kind of goes back to like this whole idea of this horror rom com. I, I don't know. I guess do you have any kind of thoughts? What you think about that kind of twist on it? And like, I I do. I I cover that a little bit in my number one. I not into too much detail, but I I like that we it does kind of introduce itself um, because it plays out like a rom com, like you said. But it's got which I'm not a rom-com kind of girl. There are a couple that I think are okay, but I'm typically not uh, a, a regular gal. I'm I'm the sick and twisted gal here that <laughs> likes the, likes these types of romantic <laughs> comedies. <laughs> this is my kind of romantic comedy. No, I'm I'm typically not into romantic comedy, so they're not really my thing. Um but I mean the rom-coms a lot of them are kind of creepy and controlling yeah you know when they're even when they're coming off as light and funny and sweet or anything a lot of them can be you know if you really look at them that's how they come off um but this makes it different because we get the you know we get joe in his voiceover like you said we get to hear his obsessions you know play out and and then like beck 
it's like we're the victims of it too. Yeah. Of, of that obsession. So I totally agree with what you said. It's definitely kind of a horrific type of romantic comedy because it does play off that way. That's what I was kind of trying to figure out what makes it so interesting to me, why I was so drawn in and why, you know, like I said, I could, you know, just, I wanted to keep watching and, and that first episode just had me so engaged and it, it just went by so quickly. And I think that it's just something a little bit different, like you said. Yeah, like I mean, because like you go to the opening, and this was a an interesting open because it was very much a cold open. It kicked right into it, and mm-hmm. you hear his voiceover, which I always really like voiceovers. Uh, it's just always been something I've been a big fan of. Yeah. So as they're doing this voiceover, you know, he's talking about her walking in, and it's very much like he's convincing himself that everything she does is for him. Yeah. Which I think is another kind of psychotic kind of mentality, and you know, because it's like, oh, you know. You you have a, a blouse that's not too tight because you don't want to be oogled, but your bracelets mm-hmm. are bouncing around, so you want some attention. And talks about like when she goes to pick the book out, like, oh, so you've got taste. And then she goes up, he's like, oh, you're not wearing a bra, and you want me to know that. Exactly. And that, and he's of, a little twisted in yeah. thinking that she's purposely doing these things and like you know, your, to entice him. Your first, first note, you kind of talked about some of those things about like, are we getting into these kind of territories? And like the, the first 10 minutes really gives you that feel of like, oh my gosh, this is a very controlling, very twisted guy that's just got a, a wrong mentality of what it means to kind of pursue a woman. And even you go to the point where, you know, she hands him her, her credit card and he's like, oh, you've got enough money to pay with cash, but you want me to know your name. And exactly. come to find out, not more than twenty minutes into this first episode, we can find out she doesn't have money. She's she's yeah. struggling. Um. So yeah, it's just a lot of this kind of twist on this genre, which is, which would be really really interesting to kind of see how this turns out. Um. But yeah, I really 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 dig that kind of twist. I do too. This this had all all kinds of nice twists, and I just <clears throat> I know I spoke a little bit about you know why why I was trying to figure out why it grabbed me. I still don't know that that's really fully a satisfied answer for me. And I don't know why I feel like it's so important to understand why it grabbed me. I just, I think I really like to know, um, you know, the pull that things have on me and why some things draw me in and other things. I'm just kind of like, eh, I can live without that. Well, I think um, like what really is cool with this is because most, most like scary movies are, you know, situations where somebody's being stalked, you see it from the perspective of the stocky, not the stalker. Mm-hmm. And so you're you're kind of, you know, you have that fearfulness of like, oh my gosh, like where is he coming from? What's going on? With this, you're seeing both perspectives, more so just the stalker. So it's kind of like you're falling along on this trip where like at, you're like being like, dude, stop, just stop, but you can't stop. It's like a bad dream that you, you're in control. You're not in control of, but you're kind of like watching. Yeah, you're witness to it. You know, this would be like watching Michael Myers walk around, you know, Haddonfield, Illinois the whole time, and you're just seeing him go in and out of houses. <laughs> just watched that new one. It looked bad. Ago. I liked it. It wasn't too bad. I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's classic. Um, I like that. That's a good number five. So what do you have for your number four? Uh, my number four was, it just, it blew me away how they give Joe these likable qualities. And I think maybe we're supposed to kind of, you know, feel for him, sympathize with him, maybe not, you know, hate him so much. It would be so easy just to hate him and and, and write him off as this creepy stalker obsessed um, guy with with this random girl that he meets in in his bookstore. Um, But, you know, when he comes home, 
And he's helping care for his little neighbor, Paco. You know, he gives him sandwiches, gives him food, takes yeah. him out for milkshakes. He's, you know, feeling so bummed out for him because one night his mom and uh, her boyfriend are, are in there fighting and yelling. And it sounds like a really terrible domestic situation. And he's out in the hallway and, and probably hungry. So he's helping him out. And then the next night, they're, they've clearly made up because you can hear him through the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets him out of there and takes him for milkshakes and stuff and he's so sweet and takes him to you know to see the books and talks to him about the books and um it's like gosh he seems really nicely genuine you know um and and does nice things for people he you know yeah he gets kind of caught doing his thing in the bushes when he's watching Uh, he made up for it though he hailed her a cab yeah, he was nice. I was like, oh, I'm going to help this old lady with her luggage and hail her a cab. <laughs> I mean, honestly, who hasn't been caught outside of an apartment door next to some bushes? You know, when the mood strikes you, you just got to, you know, do your thing. Oh, my gosh. Such a New York thing, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I can honestly say that I have not done. <laughs> I can sometimes manage to wait till I get home, I guess. <laughs> At least the ride home. Come on. <laughs> well, okay. <but laughs> well, it's interesting. Like you see him, uh, uh, you know, interact with Paco, and um, I kind of had this feeling like it was almost like a training type thing. Like it, they had this interesting cutscene between him and Paco inside of that that room, where the things yeah. he was saying was what was said to him. From mm-hmm. was the guy's name. What's the the guy's name that owned the store? Maldi? Oh gosh. Maluni? Milani? Maybe Mooney. Mooney? I think it was Mooney. But like basically kind of saying the same thing. And it's kind of like, well, like you called this a, a murder basement. Like, is that like was he trained into this or is it, it's just kind of I'm kind of curious how that Paco Joe relationship's gonna go. Because you know when he brings him well. Let me back up. So when he gave him that sandwich, one, I thought I was like, oh, well, that's a nice gesture. He's got leftover Thai food, and who doesn't love love leftover Thai food? Mm-hmm. And he opens his fridge, and guess what he doesn't have in his fridge? Any leftover no. Thai food. Yeah. So it was very much kind of like, here's, like, I'm giving you what I was going to eat tonight. I have nothing to eat but peanut butter and crackers. But, you know, that was kind of a nice gesture. But, again, it's kind of pulling at your heartstrings for this guy, thinking like, oh, well, and this was before I think he – was this before he scoped her out? I think it was. I don't know. I don't. He hadn't been at her apartment yet. I think he had done, you know, all of his social media stalking at that point. But I don't think he had been to her house yet. I don't I think that's think. right. Yeah. Whenever the, I, he gave him the sandwich. Yeah, because I thought it was kind of weird when he like left with him after he was doing business. Like, I don't know. I felt like he should have took a shower before he took the kid anywhere outside. <laughs> like, just me personally, but. Um, but, but yeah, I kind of wonder if like, this is kind of like, like some type of like training type thing. Like he's, he's, you know, making the next stalker type thing. Like, I don't know if it's leading to that oh, or gosh. not. But. I don't know. He, and, and yeah, it was kind of nice to see, you know, him kind of showing him how to appreciate books, how he grew to appreciate books. Mm. It doesn't sound like he just had an original love for that. It was kind of taught to him because that's how he talks about Mooney. He's like, oh, well, he was an asshole, but he taught me to love books. 
um, and, and have an appreciation for them. And that's something I can like respect. Like I love books. I love bookstores, especially like this bookstore that you see in the show. It's a pretty you awesome know, I, bookstore. Yeah. It, it is a nice bookstore. You know, it's those nice little, um, kind of, you know, hidden gems that you find in New York, you know, when you're walking around and see a, a, a nice bookstore like yeah. that and go in and, and check it out. And the ones that are actually um, fronts for something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they can't make any right. money selling books. Right. Because everybody's buying their books on Amazon. Right. Um, but I love that cause I've, I've always loved books. I mean, I've like practically lived in libraries all my life since I was a kid. I mean, where was I on rainy days and when my best friends were grounded and couldn't come play um, outside is I was at the library because I lived next door to a library. So I lived there like my entire life. Um, and I've always had a love of books and reading. So that totally got me. And maybe that's one reason why I, you know, initially anyway, kind of liked Joe at first before I realized the depth of his creepiness was like, he really loves and appreciates books and he appreciates good stories, good literature, and he has a, an appreciation for the classics mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of sharing that with others. So, yeah, he's um, got an appreciation for things that might have a little bit of wear and tear and uh, mm-hmm. some history and some baggage tied to it for over years of just, you know, roughness that he thinks he can fix. So I don't know if that's kind of a... I mean, they were kind of showing the book and like fixing things kind of in that same metaphor. So I'm not sure if that's kind of, you know, is he associating like uh, Beck to books? Like it's something, you know, does does he think of those as the same kind of thing? Like something he can fix, something he can nurture, something he can hide away from the world and protect. Um, And he does kind of talk about that when he, um, it's in my notes, where did he... Oh, I bet I didn't get it. Whenever he was talking about how the um, telling Paco when they were in there, he goes, you know, that sometimes the most precious things um, are what rely on us the most to take care of them. I don't have that exact quote, but that's basically what he was saying. Tied to that, he had like a line that said, I think that maybe it was after after it was destroyed, but he says like, "No uh, no matter how destroyed it seems, it can always be saved. Not fixed. Right. But saved. Saved. Yeah. He has an interesting choice of words for yeah. sure. He's very, yeah. I mean, I love the writing on this is really d- well done because it is very poetic. It's very mm-hmm. precise. It's very well delivered. And, and um, it's Penn Badgley who plays Joe. I yeah. really love his delivery and his kind of like, there's times if, if you had to sit me down and watch this, like I probably could have been like, oh, this feels like lifetimes, like, wild sister like it's (laughs) right like you've got you've got lifetime who's like the proper sister and you see this like (laughs) wild sister over here and you're like hmm like you you seem the same but you seem a little bit wilder like you seem like Mm -hmm. the one that's going to be fun to party with this well oh you know for a lifetime i know this originally aired on lifetime before it came over onto netflix um in this in late december i was quite shocked at this was you know kind of um had some more intense like sexual scenes oh, yeah. that I was quite surprised. It got, you know, it kind of went there. Um, you know, she's, you know, pleasuring herself I, yeah. with the pillow and having sex with her boyfriend. I Oh Sean. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you, my Google search history got a little risque. Are pillows. you I say uh, were you getting are you hiding or having to hide your Google search history from <laughs> Well, I mean, last week I watched Cam, so I mean, it's already out the window. That's true. We're pushing pushing the boundaries here. We're going to get you in trouble. (laughs) 
with your wife. Um, yeah, I won't go into any detail about that. Y'all can just figure it out on your own. Um, <laughs> that's what the internet's yeah, that's, for. For those of us that know, it's not a new thing. But you know, <laughs> so, you know the the sex with her boyfriend through the windows. Um, you've got Joe masturbating in the bushes across the street. Some of that was very explicit and yeah. shocked me. That I mean, it didn't surprise me for it being on like a Netflix show um, because they can go there. What? Well, but, you, you know, you th- being on Lifetime, I was like, wow, I didn't know Lifetime went there. I don't watch Lifetime movies, to be honest. So I was shocked that I loved this as much as I did coming from Lifetime. Because yeah. I always just poo-pooed all over Lifetime movies. Well, I and in all those moments, like there was like a slight just tweak, like camera angle or a second sooner or later, like you would see, like it would be a rated R movie. But, yeah. you know, that, that's what I'm kind of curious about. I don't think there's anything to bury on this, but there's a season two coming out that's specific to Netflix. Mm-hmm. And you think once those are those restraints are pulled off, yeah. that that net that uh, Lifetime probably felt like they had, like it it could be really interesting to see what we get from that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what it will be like in um, Netflix's hands for next season. Because yeah, if you I don't have it officially in the news because it's kind of everywhere already, but it, they already renewed it um, for season two. Um, a long time ago. So yeah, I don't know when or anything, but probably a year like everything else, but uh, it will be interesting to see where they go with that. And it's the thing about watching these Netflix shows, you watch them and then they're over and you're like, Oh my God, I got to wait. Yeah. That's what I like about doing week to week. At least like it extends it out. It's like, yes, it's like, you know, standing there in the bush for that extra 10 minutes instead (laughs) of just trying to go right when you get to the bush. (laughs) Like right enjoying, when you're the, <laughs> enjoying, enjoying the, the ride. <laughs> okay. What's funny though too is like you look at this. This is probably TMI, but like you see like him in the bush. Like there's nothing sexy about that. But she made a pillow look sexy. I mean mm-hmm. seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was interesting. Uh, it, let me tell you, it was a lot of fun watching with my daughter too. Some of these <laughs> scenes because I'm just like, oh my god. Anyway, that never that never gets. Not awkward. I'll say yeah. that. Any I watched less a, awkward. I watched American Pie with my mom when I was like twelve or thirteen, and that was super yeah. awkward. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter how old they get. It's just always like, oh, this just. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Um, so Smurfs, yeah. Smurfs next. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, let's let's. Can we watch some like Pokemon or something next? Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 not to be like you know, not to say that our kiddo and I don't have an, an open conversations that happen, but it still doesn't make it any less weird for me uh, on yeah. my side. I have no idea because I won't ask that question. Like, well, how are you feeling about this right now? <laughs> about what's happening? <laughs> I'm just like, if you want to talk about it, I'm open, but I'm just not going there right now. So I just wasn't expecting it. Is that off. what the boys do these days in the bushes? Is that <laughs> common? Is that what your generation is doing right now? Is that what's happening? No, you know what? Yes, I feel like mom, that's... we love nature. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's just something that's um, it's not new. Even though, and that's what's interesting of why this is such an interesting story because the creepy stalker story has been around for a long time, right? So it's not like it's a new story, but yeah. they definitely found a, a new way to kind of tell it, which made well, it interesting. Well, I mean, they've aged it. I mean, they put it like, I mean, because it happens, but I don't really know if I've seen too many shows or movies that have kind of touched on the topic of adding the social media aspect mm-hmm. to it. But because I think, I think a lot of people feel safer maybe outside of their homes more than they used to 
because they're so connected that it's like, oh my gosh, I'm a phone call away here or, you know, right. I mean, because like you can order your groceries and they'll be at your house in five minutes. So like privacy in your home is, I don't know, maybe a little less sacred to an extent. Mm-hmm. But like you start looking at that social media, maybe it's just me, but I feel like if I know, if if somebody I don't know or I ran into at a bookstore or coffee shop was able to look at my stuff like that, like that would feel like, I don't know, that would just feel a little bit more creepy. Like that yeah. that's an intentional effort to jump into that, which I guess going by their house is an intentional effort too, but. Definitely. So I don't talk about that stuff. All my stuff is set to private. I got, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm on this stuff, man. I've, I've dealt with obsessive, um, people in my life and stalkers and, uh, I, I've got all my shit set to private. I'm on top of this game. Ain't no Joe Goldberg getting my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on top of that shit already, but it still kind of made me want to delete like everything that I have. Be like, no, you're never going to find me. I know I've set my Facebook to like non-searchable private multiple times. There's been times I've gone back and it's flipped. (gasps) Oh shit! I I don't think it's like that now, but it's definitely something I keep keep an eye on. Oh god, I need to keep up on mine. Then I do try to always check my settings and, um, you know, keep that keep that set to private and it's. It's really interesting to see like who like I mean because like sometimes like in a group chat or something somebody will be like I'm like who's that and I'll click on it just to see like their picture see just a little bit mm-hmm. and it's amazing how much information that people just don't hide it's just like like you said it's that very public thing it's out of their, there yeah and it's people like, aren't very cognizant of what they're posting oh yeah you know yeah. It's, you know like I mean Beck just posted this you know innocent picture of her sitting on or standing on her stoop you know that. Mm. She probably was not even aware that, you know, by just popping that in a Google search that that was going to be found. Because I don't think that she publicized her address, but well, he was able to find out exactly where she was. Geotagged images. I mean, I think you in a lot of the pictures you post and stuff, they can have a tag of where <clears> it was taken at if it's off yep. your like your cell phone. And even then, if you post to certain areas, it'll be – I think they've done a better job of making you say if you want to add it. But mm-hmm. before you post a picture and be like, oh, this was Sean's picture at, and it's essentially your exactly. address. And oh, shit. Very little deciphering. You could probably figure out where they live. Yeah. I turned all that off too. Yeah. So I <laughs> turned off all my location stuff. I mean, when so I was like, single and alone, I'm like, hey, anybody want to come hang out? I don't care. Come find me. If, if you're Joe Goldberg, come on over. <laughs> like, I'll, I mean, we'll take turns in the bush maybe or it's different bushes. I don't know. I just need a friend. Will you be my friend, Joe? <laughs> You'd be my friend in the bushes. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's how I can get a date. Maybe I need to like reset all my settings. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say like, well, maybe I just need to walk around town in like a bush, just dress as a bush. <laughs> nope. Wasn't going to go there. We're just rethinking all of my settings. Maybe I need to... Um, <laughs> And do all of my privacy settings and open it all up and then I'll get all kinds of creepy stalker uh, guys, you know. You know what? I've just watched too much like shows like this and then I've just seen too much true crime stuff, you know, about all, you know, crazy boyfriend. Like I've dealt with crazy boyfriends, um, obsessive stalker boyfriends. I've had enough of that in in my true life and I've seen enough of it on TV. I don't need to (laughs) have any more of that to do it for this shit. So... (laughs) Anyway, we kind of rambled a little bit there and got off track. I know I covered my number four. Did you get to your number four? Uh, no. Uh, so my number four, uh, it's it's pretty simple, but I really enjoyed that they did uh, this as a voiceover. 
So yeah. I've always had a huge uh, enjoyment for shows, movies. Uh, and that's probably why I like books even more because mm-hmm. you get kind of the voiceover. You get in the head of the characters because as you watch movies and stuff, like you can see them do something like, oh, they were intimidated or, oh, they were scared or, oh, they were in love. But you don't really know. You're kind of making assumptions off of their body movements, off of how they kind of talk and speak, but it's still just kind of assumptions. Right. But like this show, Dexter's one, like Dexter really like oh, triggered God. me when I saw this. Yeah. Because Dexter was the same way. Dexter, you, you'd see him interacting with somebody and he'd play what he was thinking in their head, in his yep. head. And I absolutely love that because, you know, it was the situation of, uh, I'm trying to remember which ones he was talking about. Like when he was, oh, when, uh, when they pull up to Beck's apartment, Mm-hmm. No, when he was looking into Beck's apartment and uh, he's kind of watching her and all of a sudden this guy shows up and he's like, who the fuck is this, Beck? Yes. <laughs> and, it, and it came out like a, like they were in a relationship, like they were friends. And, um, you know, I mean, if, if like, I mean, that would be like a social media thing. Like, you know, when you're trying to meet a friend or something like that, or, or you're like, you're interested in the girl and you're talking and you're like, wait, who's this guy? Who the fuck is this guy? That's yes, hilarious that you say that. I was a huge, huge fan of Dexter. Oh, and that finale. We're just not even going to talk about it, um, which I won't because I don't want to spoil anyone. But I just can't talk about it. It was. Did you like it or not like it? I didn't. I didn't like okay, it. Okay, I'm same boat. I, I just. I wasn't happy. I wasn't satisfied. I thought this is not. This is not what needs to happen. I just wasn't pleased. I think and season I was, three or four, like one of the best finales ever. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but such a great show. If, if, if y'all haven't watched Dexter, pretty sure Dexter's on Netflix. I think so. Pretty sure, because it's, it's on my list. I see it on my list still. So It's one I want to go um, back to. But it's definitely, like, I mean, I think people know the premise of Dexter. Dexter, pretty much. forensic science, forensic uh, police officer, scientist. Blood splatter blood's, analyst. Yeah. Right, yeah. But he works for law enforcement, and mm-hmm. he basically is a serial killer, but he only kills bad guys. Exactly. But in this, you get that same – like, Dexter, you're like, well, I mean, yeah, he's a serial killer, but he kills bad he, guys. He kills the bad guys. He's kind of – you know, he's getting his need to to kill. His, yeah, like his addiction. He's getting it through yeah, like this. Yeah, he gets it – you know, he does it – he channels it in – well, I'm helping society. Exactly. <laughs> kind of way. I'm cleaning up the streets. I'm but, doing a public service. But like this is like this maybe this story is uh uh young Dexter's son all grown up like you know cuz he has an addiction it seems like he's got an obsession um yeah. and we hear all these voiceovers going through in his head holy shit maybe we just cracked the code maybe this is Dexter's kid all grown up Well it's it's so easy because he seems really genuine like he's not he's not seeing anything wrong with his way of thinking at all. You hear all these um, when you hear these his thoughts and I like that too. It's really enjoyable and this series is based on a on a book so that's really Hmm. interesting and they say that that kind of follows the same pattern is like you get his thoughts you know in the book the same as what you do and I I really like how they were able to transpose that into the show and make it work Um, but he, he really doesn't make that connection that the way he's thinking, like I'm doing this for you, Beck. Like I'm, I'm trying to help you, um, and and it's so easy to kind of see where that people can cross that line from like loving a person and wanting to protect them and and you know help them in their life to crossing over into this crazy obsessive controlling. Well, and it was so you know. quick too. Like I mean, mm-hmm. I think like whenever normal people. 
like like the first time I met my wife, I'm like, oh my god, like that's one of the most beautiful women I ever saw in my life. Like I, I had that thought in my head, obviously. Yes. But I'm not going to go up to her and be like, oh my god, I think you're the most beautiful woman in the world, because that's going <laughs> to creep her out, right? Like she's not going to yep. be like, thank you, like let's let's get married. But like him, instantly he's like he's attached. He's like he just knows her name, he knows what she looks like, and he's in love. He's deep in love. Is going to do all he can to get with her, and it's just, oh, it's just creepy. Like it and, is. Uh, I, I know I've read something recently, and I got the vibe from this too. It's not really into my number four. Um, but I'm kind of because he kind of like way talks about it, but I've read something where got, men, whenever they have interactions with females, they read into it a lot more than what's there. Like really? I think, yeah, like it's it's. I can't remember what the study was, but essentially, like you know, it's. I always kind of feel like it's like the the sports bar, like the stripper club type thing, right? Like mm-hmm. you go in there and the girl talks to you like, oh my God, this 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 waitress is in love with me. She wants me. <laughs> exactly. And like guys kind of like quickly fall into that. Like, you know, they, they go from zero to a hundred super quick on that. And that's what mm-hmm. happened here. Like, you know, it wasn't just a, oh, she seems cool. It was like a, oh my God, she gave me a credit card. So obviously she's in love and I need to stalk her and find everything out about her. Yeah, I think it was her comment, too, about the books, um, you know, saying, oh, it's a real shame that people would only want to read it because, you know, they, you know, of what's popular instead of being moved or whatever. And I think it, because he got this look on his face like, yeah, exactly right. Like, you're exactly in tuned into my way of thinking. And that seems to be almost like when he kind of had that little flip of a switch from where he was like admiring her from afar, like, oh, here's this beautiful young woman, uh, you know, that he's could be attracted to that's coming to his store to all of a sudden now he's like, oh, well, now I'm going <laughs> to yeah. stalk you and obsess over you. <laughs> but I'm glad they made the choice to do this with a voiceover. And it'll be, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't know if they keep, I'm assuming they keep this up throughout the whole season. Um, I would think so. And I hope it becomes the trend of this because it, it's it's really, really intriguing to me. And I really enjoy kind of getting to see that aspect of it. But, but yeah, my number four is just kind of the voiceover uh, of our... I don't know what you call I, him, but Joe. We'll just go with Joe, I guess. Joe. That's what people call him. Joe. He doesn't have a clever nickname. Um, yeah, and you mentioned, you know, I remember uh, Penn Badgley. He's the one that plays uh, Joe here in this series. I watched him years ago. I cannot tell you the exact year because it's just my mind is not what it was. Um, but years ago, he was on Gossip Girl. Oh, you really? Remember that show? Mm. Yes. I, I know of the show, but I never watched it. He, oh, my gosh. And I didn't get to finish it because I got, I just got kind of behind when it went in, during its off season. And when it came back, I just never was able to pick up. I just kept thinking, oh, I'll just, uh, I'll go online and I'll watch it later. I'll go online and watch it later. And before you know it, I'm like a whole season behind. Um, you know, typical story. So, um, I, but I was completely obsessed with that show. I, I'm way too old for that show, but my kid watched it. She read the books when she was a teenager. She was obsessed. And when they were making it a show, we just got into it. Well, he, they called him Lonely Boy, um, or at least Gossip Girl called him Lonely Boy, and it just cracked me up that um, you know I see I see Penn Badgley and he his his character is slightly like his character in Gossip Girl, mm. and I was just like, it's like Lonely Boys moved on from S. <laughs> Stay tuned, Eastsiders XOXO Gossip Girl. <laughs> That's all I could think. I mean, and Julie had a really um, really great moment over that one talking about him in that show, but anyway. That was a really good number four. I do like the voiceover. I think it really gives us a peek into 
into what he's thinking and, yeah. and gives us that insight <clears throat> that we need. Um, well, my number three, I want to talk about Beck for a little bit. So I, I'm not, a, I don't really, at this point, even just in the first episode, I'm not loving her. I don't think she, <laughs> I don't think she's a super, not that she has to be, but I, at this point, she's just not very likable for me. I think she comes across as whiny and just trying too hard to be someone she's not. You can say it, Rima. You can say it. <laughs> she sounds like a millennial. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. You know, I try not to give millennials a hard time. My kid is a millennial, so I try not to, um, or she's kind of right on that like edge there. Um of what you typically have as age of millennials. And I typically try not to give them too much shit because I'm like, well, my kid is, is that age, but she's nowhere like a typical millennial. Yeah. She's not, you know, the, what, the stereotypical what people, millennial. what people yeah. stereotype millennials as she is definitely not like that. So, but you know, I'll, I'll tease her and give her a hard time about some things just because we like to give each other shit yeah. all the time. Um, and we were watching, this is kind of slightly off topic, but talking about millennials. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, Netflix and Hulu both released um, Netflix, or sorry, documentaries on the Fire Festival. Did you oh, ever hear about the Fire Festival? I saw the, get- the, the post of it, but I haven't watched the documentary yet. I would highly recommend, um, I know we do primarily Netflix, but we have ventured over into Hulu, at least with Castle Rock. Um, I would highly recommend um, everyone watch those festivals, even if you if you don't really know too much about what the fire festival was, but I remember when that whole entire shitstorm was going yeah. down on social media, and I I heard about it. I heard about the crash and burn and all of that, but I never understood the the whole depth of it until I watched the documentaries and how deep and how from like start to finish this whole thing was a huge clusterfuck and it talks a lot about how it was targeted at millennials to go to this festival and it was talking about like how they were um kind of what what it is about millennials that kind of drew them into this whole thing how it was marketed and just talking about all of that um stuff and i looked at my kid and i was like is what the hell is wrong with your generation <laughs> Well, I, mean, I was like, I, what is wrong with you guys that you fell for this shit? That you well, actually thought this was a good idea? I wonder what the I, – and I don't know much about the fire except it was supposed to be like a big musical festival. But, I mean, Woodstock yeah. was like hundreds of thousands of people, wasn't it? But they just yeah. kind of – like that was a generation that's like, oh, we're going into a like a field somewhere? Okay, well, you better pack some – you know, sandwiches and some water, some beer and some LSD and pot and let's go. Let's pack yeah. some tents. Exactly. But, and not that it was put on any better than what the fire festival was, but nobody talks about the how many people died of drug overdoses at Woodstock. They don't talk about the mudslides. They don't talk about the dysentery and yeah. how, you know, um, it wasn't clean at all um, and how the, the, the roads were blocked for how many miles because of the cars, you know, blocking the roads. And so, nobody talks about that stuff yeah. from Woodstock. It's, well, you know, I wonder, not to get off too much topic, but I wonder if like now we're just, we're just too comfortable with stuff. Like whenever we go to festivals or stuff like that, like you almost feel like you should be pampered. We're like, oh, like Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> like Coachella is like paradise in the desert with all these luxury tents that you can stand. That's essentially what they were trying to do. Oh. Um, 
but I, I would highly recommend watching those. I, I, I would love to hear your thoughts. I'll if, have to check it out. Them. We watched them both. We were like, and I'm like, where's more? I need more. I need my <laughs> eyeballs were like wide. I was like, I need more fire that, festival documentaries now. That dude, that dude went to jail, didn't he? He went to jail. He's in jail okay. right now. Yeah. It, God, it was a shitstorm. Oh my God. I need you to watch at least the Netflix one so I can talk to you about this one thing. Oh my God. It's, I don't want to say anything because it just, it cracked me up. I'm just, the whole time I'm literally sitting there watching with my mouth open and my eyes wide, like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening here? I cannot believe this one thing after another, just this huge from beginning to end. Anyway, that was my like little side note about millennials. Um, I, I just, I don't like her. I just don't like how she's trying to to be so much like her friends. And she's, because I really like authentic, authenticity and, and people being genuine and being themselves. And I know that can be really tough uh, nowadays. You know, Joe kind of sees through some of that. He sees through all of her Instagram posts and, you know, how this kind of, and I think probably everyone's kind of guilty of it. You put up this life that yeah. isn't really your life in Instagram posts. Um, and she's certainly doing that. And he sees through that very clearly. He, he overhears those conversations, you know, between her and her friends, you know, when she buys this really nice scarf for her uh, one friend's birthday. And the other's like, what the hell? You can't afford that. How broke are you? Do you need some cash? Um, so, you know, he does kind of learn a little bit about that. He knows that she doesn't really have enough money to afford her apartment. Um, so Which makes sense because that looks like a really nice fucking apartment for New York. Man, it is super for the village, uh, yeah. and the fact that she, and and my kid who lived and she's uh, she'll be going back to New York really soon. But um, she lived in New York for a little over three years when she was at school, and she laughed and she's like, "Well, I know that ain't real. She ain't got a roommate, and you don't live in New York. <laughs> <laughs> she can't afford to live anywhere without a roommate." And I was like, "Well, I think this is a special circumstance." When he was talking about like subsidized you know, housing for, you know, her job or whatever. So it kind of makes sense. But she's like, hmm. She's like, I'm still not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, oh, New York has, has spurned you, daughter. Um, but, it, but you know, and then she's like telling her professor, you know, you know, well, I just can't. I can't go part time. I have to be a T. I'll get you those pages. And I just, I'm just not liking her at this point. I don't know if, you know, and I'm not saying that she deserves by any means what's coming to her or anything like that, or, or, or like being this um, object of his obsession and, and her, she doesn't deserve to be stalked or anything like that. Um, just as a standalone comment, I just had to kind of get that out that, you know, I just don't really like her at this point. Yeah, she's kind of a little bit of a hot mess at the moment. You know, she she's, is. she's trying to work. She's trying to be a writer. She's hanging out with this rich douchebag. Um, she's got a, the, she's a TA for a professor that seems a little too handsy. Um, and we talked about that earlier, too. Like, the only thing I, I kind of worry about with this show is that they're going to go into too many of the, the not cliche, but... Um, maybe it is cliche. Maybe that's the right word, but that, that, you know, like she's going to be with a douchebag, you know, the professor is going to be too handsy and all these things that are kind of going to, I mean, stuff that happens, but you know, they're just going to try hit on all of them. Maybe. I don't know if that's the right thing. It is a lot. It is a lot. Cause you know, she's, she's with this douchebag guy who doesn't appreciate her at all and just takes her for granted. He cheated on her. Yeah, well, you know, they're not even like dating. It seems like it seems yeah, like they're, they're just, just like, like hooking up or yeah. 
Yeah. And he doesn't even do a good job at it. No, he, you know, because then she had to get to know that pillow really yeah. well because he couldn't even f- do the job. What's funny, too, is uh, you would think that a, 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 a anybody that lives in New York on the first floor would realize that when your lights are on, you don't have the shades. Everybody can see anything. I mean, that, the Homeowners so Association. Well, I mean, the Homeowners <laughs> Association where I live, like they keep complaining about it every month at the meetings. But I'm like, listen, mm-hmm. my house, my rules. If I'm going to run around naked, you guys just don't be peeking <laughs> in my house. Just shades turn are the expensive. Other way. <laughs> turn the other way. But exactly. And, and that's a funny comment about the, you know, hey, do whatever you need to do to um, take care of yourself. I don't. Um, you know, if, if if it's a pillow, that's great. If that's what's handy, but you know, I I have to say, um, she again in front of the window. She's getting dressed. She's having sex in you know in in full view of these open windows. Like I said, living on the first floor, her lights are on. Everybody can see what she's doing. People can just be walking their dogs, yeah, you know, down the street and see exactly what she's doing. That poor old lady walking out to get oh, her. Oh yeah. Oh god, you gave her a heart attack. Exactly. I mean, it's a straight shot. (laughs) She walked Um, out, almost saw some weird dude masturbating in the bush, and I mean, if she would have saw that, that would have that would have broke her little heart. Exactly. That poor old old woman. Um, But then she might be like, "Oh, that's what I'm missing out on." But you know, I just (laughs) let me tell you about Woodstock. Exactly. But again, in front of this window and with a pillow, and I'm like, all I could think was, "Girl." You know, you might be broke, but treat yourself to a vibrator because seeing as how your boyfriend isn't doing the trick, you're never too broke for self-care. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's very true. Priorities. Skip buying that. And say there there are places you can go and you don't have to spend a lot of money. You don't have to resort to a pillow is all I'm saying, especially when you got a fella (laughs) that can't take care of you. Anyway, that's that's. That's my little number three. I'm going to kind of get down on Beck a little bit. Oh, that's a wrong choice of words. Um, <laughs> wrong. I did not mean that at all. That was a slip. Anyway, let's. what's your number three, Sean? Uh, my number three, it's it's pretty small. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but it's just it's just watching John stalk, or Joe stalking. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's very – this isn't the first time he's done this. And I really feel that – he had made a, a couple notes about. Well, he made a couple mentions of like when he was taking, uh, shoot, what was his name? The douchebag guy, um, Benji. Benji, yeah. Who the fuck has Benji? That's like the dude I from. Know. Um, I don't even remember the band's name now. Ah, oh, fuck. Sorry, it doesn't matter. They're a stupid band. They're like from the the two thousands. Benji like, Madden. Yeah, the brothers. What band is that? Um, oh shit. Is that Fallout Boy? No, I don't think it's no. Fallout Boy. Not the one I'm thinking of anyway. Ah, well, anyway. But so he takes Benji to to the basement, the the murder basement, and he talks about like how exclusive it is and how a few people have been there. And to me, that I don't think he's just saying that as like trying to hide that it's not like an exclusive club. I think he's had people there before. This is not the first time he's done this mm-hmm. in my mind. And I agree. Because he's he's got all these good skills. He knows how to get into her house by calling a gas leak because New York, if there's a gas leak, they have to check it out. Uh, watching her, he had like the right movements and like he could eavesdrop. Like that's stuff that you don't just do for one time. Like that's a skill I think you have to, to basically develop over time, over doing it for a while. And the one note that I thought was interesting, so he had talked about uh, 
as so this is after he um saved her from the the railroad or from the the train tracks which i i kind of wonder if if we're seeing his warped version of this uh-huh. so i'm wondering if he actually pushed her into the train tracks to save her so uh-huh. like we're seeing like we're not seeing that part of it cuz she was drunk and kind of tipsy so like he knocked her into the train tracks just so he could save her so he could be the hero I don't have any proof of that, but that's just kind of a thought that floated through my head. But as they're riding in the car, he's talking about how he has lived in New York most of his life. He chased somebody that broke his heart. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned that he's not a good chaser. Uh-huh. And from a lot of this that I'm seeing, I'm kind of like, I'm calling bullshit on that. <laughs> I think you're a very good chaser, and I think you know that. And again, I'm kind of curious how many times you've done this. No kidding. I, I really agree with that, and that uh, goes in with my number two. But before I do that, it was Good Charlotte, by the way. Good Benji Charlotte, Men's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, Benji Madden's group. I don't know what I was thinking, Fallout Boy. They had some good songs. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Well, I, I think you're stuck fan. on the baby, I'm going down, down, down. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, that your number three kind of goes in with my number two, and that's the history of Joe. Um, Because it makes me curious, was he always this way? Um, Did something make him this way? Is it just Bex? But I don't think so, like you. Um, Because he says, based on his voiceover, he's like he's in those moments where he's not just talking, but it's almost like he's talking to her. Mm -hmm. And um, he's saying, he's telling her about how he was in love once and how uh, she broke his heart. And he tells us about a girl that he loved and followed out of New York. And I'm thinking hundred percent chance that bitch is dead in a ditch somewhere outside yep, Milwaukee right thinking. now. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm with you. I don't think this is his first day. Um, it, it, at least the stalking and obsession. I feel like, I feel like people don't just become obsessed overnight. You know, as an adult, I feel like you, you know, you can be obsessed over different things maybe, but you're always going to have this tendency to become, a, a, you know, be obsessed about things um, and could be different things even. But um, I feel like, yeah, this isn't his first rodeo. And that was my number two is the history of Joe because I have those same questions. And I'm curious, you know, how much more we're going to get of that as we continue through the series, get some of this backstory on this person that he loved or were, or exactly what happened and a little bit about what Joe and, and you know, about his history. How did he grow up? What was his life like? Because he really seems to have some insight um, as to little Paco, you know, and, and his situation and, you know, how he tries. And he may not, but it just seems he's very empathetic towards towards that little boy about that situation. So I don't know. I'm curious what made him that way. Yeah, I definitely um, – I, I kind of want to start the fan theory right here. I think we've been right on a couple things, but mm-hmm. – you know, talking about Dexter, I think this is Dexter's son. I want to put that out there as my fan theory. And this is the only <laughs> time right. I'll talk about it. But okay, because re- he did have a son in the show. He did. I was yeah. looking up, I was trying to see if there was any Goldbergs anywhere in there. I don't see any right off the bat. But And the kid's name was Harrison in that mo- in that show. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it seemed to follow that same trend. Like, we see, we see Joe with uh, Mooney, Mr. Mooney, and there seems to be kind of a, a teacher – uh, student relationship there. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, you know, like if, if that's kind of what guided him into that, but if not, I still feel like 
the history of Joe is probably laid out with a lot of dead bodies. Like mm-hmm. to me, I don't feel like again, this is not the first time this has happened. He's probably gone all around the world, all around at least the US to do these type of things. Like I think this is what we're gonna find out at the end of this is a modern serial killer show. As maybe as creepy and scary as that sounds, I think that's what we're gonna get. Maybe or 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 the or maybe seeing like the fledgling, you know, um, maybe like a predexter. This is kind of the build up to that or something. Kind like he's of, got a yeah. little bit in his history, but this is kind of like how he's going to escalate to something yeah. like that. Like yeah. he doesn't have a mentor to help guide him into that to to use his addiction for good, so he goes down the path of evil, mm-hmm. but. I'm not getting good vibes for Beck. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's, it's hard to, because he, he definitely does come across as a really, on the outside, if you, if on the outside of things, he comes across as a really good guy. Like, and she even says, she's like, maybe this is the guy I should be dating. You know, he's, you know, he's into books. He seems genuine. He seems kind. He seems caring. He doesn't seem, you know, to come off as, he's not like the typical people that she hangs out with, like this Benji guy, which I totally agree with what Joe said. Like, this is what's wrong with America. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> um, I was agreeing the same thing. I'm just like, the minute, the minute a guy who's ever interested in me steps out with one of those damn beanies on their head, <laughs> sorry, you're, it, game over. I'm. I don't care how awesome you are. I don't care how tall you are because I like tall guys. But because I'm tall, <laughs> um, no, it's it's over. The minute I see you in one of those hats, and the minute he stepped out of that cab with that damn hat, I just said, nope. I don't care how much money you have, how good looking you are. But yeah, he's wearing a dumb hat and he can't even can't even do his job yeah. with a girl. Get the job done. No respect for him. But um, you know, it's it's very easy to see outwardly how this would be a perfect guy for her. He's not the typical, you know, type of guy. Like, but she just she just well, it's like he says, it's like you just can't help yourself, you know. This is you you just fall for bad men. And um What's interesting so. is that there's a new documentary that I think that just released on Netflix that I'd be curious like if if there's any inspiration for this, but he definitely gives like a Ted Bundy feel. <sighs> Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so looking forward to this new Ted Bundy yeah. documentary just released today on the um, 30th anniversary of his execution in Florida. Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with serial killers and Ted Bundy was always one of my favorites, um, you know, to read about and learn about. So mm. I definitely a weird, get a Ted Bundy feel yeah. from him. It's a weird American thing to be obsessed with stuff like that or like just to like yeah. America's obsession with those kinds of things. Oh, totally. And, and yeah, that I mean, you know, I mean, I'm putting on my my writer cap right now. I was like, okay, well, if this was all I saw and they said finish the series, what would I go towards? And I mean, you could go down that path. Maybe him and Beck do fall in love, mm-hmm. and she plays dumb to the fact that he's this you know crazed serial killer. Um, maybe he ends up killing her, and he moves on to some other obsession. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of different weird paths you could take with this, and. Absolutely. Um, yeah, his history and his future is very intriguing. I don't know if we're going to get much of his history. I'd be curious to see if we do. I don't know if we get that in season one or not. Maybe that's a season two kind of thing, but but I'm definitely Maybe. pumped to see that. Well, because it's – I thought this episode was really fast-paced, and we got – Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Uh, so I don't know. And I think there's 10 episodes uh, in the in the first um, 
season here. So I don't know. I feel like there's a little bit of room for there. I hope I hope we get at least a little bit. I'd like to get a little bit of a picture of, you know, how how he came to be who he is. So I don't know. But I know that was your number three, but then that went into my number two. So I want to know what your number two is. Yep. Uh, so my number two, we already kind of talked about it, but it was just the real fear that you have in this is that like mm-hmm. all the things he's done in this is something that a person could legitimately do. Like you watch, you know, movies like Scream. Like, yeah, somebody could call your house. I guess not now they call your phone, but mm-hmm. it's it's definitely kind of there's still some fabrication to it. But like everything he did in this is legitimate, something he could do besides hiding in the shower. I think that you might pick up on like yeah. humans kind of have like that ability to be like, I sense something's not right. And I think you would in that moment, although she was pretty distracted. Um, but yeah, but it's just kind of quick is just because we've kind of talked about quite a bit, but it's just the real fear that you really have in this moment. Definitely. Uh, that was a little, because uh, it's like, how would she not have either kind of, I don't know, maybe like you said, she was distracted, but I feel like how could you not like have your spidey sense kind of pick up a little bit, yeah. you know, on something doesn't feel right, something feels when, a little bit off, but she plus, was kind of drowning in her own sorrows there, talking to her mom and stuff on the phone. Plus, who doesn't open up their curtain when they go to the bathroom? I do that. In any house I have a curtain, whoosh, open it I up to make sure there's nothing in there. When when I if if I have a curtain, it depends because uh, I've lived in a couple places where they have might have like the glass, and then some where you have the curtain. If I'm having guests, um, and that's the guest bathroom, I will close the curtain just so you don't have to see my twenty mm. hair shampoo bottles and conditioners and all of my products because I'm a beauty junkie. Um, so you don't have to see all of that. Um, but when I'm home, it is pulled back <laughs> always. <laughs> it is, there's no hiding in there. And that's the first thing I will check if I'm a little bit creeped out or I come home and, you know, something just doesn't feel right. And I'm always, you know, if it's closed, I'm opening it. And yeah, I'm no, no, just no. It's, it's just, it seemed a little off and a little unrealistic, but, um, well, she was kind of caught up in the moment and, her, you know, drowning in her own self pity, um, there with her friends and then her mom. So anyway, yeah, there was, there was some good stuff. I like how they have so far made it kind of realistic as like, as far as some of the stuff that he's done, but I don't know. Um, all right. Well, my number one, my number one was just titled obsessed because like Joe, I am obsessed with the show. <laughs> yeah. For- <laughs> I, I'm 100% behind you on that. I didn't, I didn't want to watch episode two. Like, this feels like a very bingeable show and I'm not a bingeable kind of person. Cause like, yeah, after I looked at this, I was like 48 minutes. It's like, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll watch this. And it went by so quick. Like there was no it dull did. moments. There's nothing that took my, my attention away. And uh, it's, you know, I hope each episode feels like it's got that momentum. And again, I think it's because it's like, it's, I, and maybe this is probably what it is. Like I've always been a big, um, I'll say the word, even though it, it, it's going to sound more inappropriate than what it is. But I've always been a big like <laughs> voyeur, and like sure, like I love podcasts because because it's like audio voyeurism, right? Like yeah, I, I'm very much like a people watcher kind of thing. Like I always kind of like to see what's going on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love whenever people talk about like you know moments they've lived in and like what that was like. It's always just really really interesting to me. And that's what you're getting right here. It's like you're living through somebody. And yeah. the third person and, and kind of seeing their thoughts and they're processing it, even though it's twisted, but you kind of get to see that. 
Um, yes. So I, I think that's kind of what's made my obsession with this is because it's just right in my wheelhouse. Like we mentioned Dexter. There's another movie mm-hmm. called Mr. Brooks. It's got Kevin Costner in it, and um, he's a serial killer. This is like from like 2007. I, I remember that one, yeah. Um, and he doesn't, you don't hear him talk into his head, but he has like a companion that nobody can see but him, and he converses with it like it's in his head. Mm-hmm. And you, there's actually a character that plays like that person. Um, but it's that same thing. It's just like you're seeing like this inner workings of somebody, and it's just super, super intriguing to me, and just, just, I don't know what it says about me, but just always, always kind of caught my fancy whenever I see stuff like that that's done in that forum. I I agree, and I think that's okay to say that you're a voyeur because there you can be a harmless voyeur. I consider myself the same. I love people watching. Like I'm a people are probably going to hear this and think no freaking way because I'm on a podcast and I kind of put myself <laughs> out there, but I am. In, in general, a very shy person. I'm not a very outgoing person. And, and when, you know, I'm at a party and I don't really know a whole lot of people, I'm kind of the one sitting in the back a little bit and I'm quiet. And I mean, if you approach me and say hello, I'm going to say hello to you. I'm not rude or anything like that. I'm just quiet and I'm not very outgoing. Um, and I love to people watch and I love to crowd watch. You know, I don't mind sitting, you know, if I'm in the mall and kind of getting a coffee or something and just kind of sitting for a few minutes. And then, you know, you just kind of watch the crowd and you're people watching and you know and I'm a details person so I do pick up on details so that's what was kind of funny about Joe when he's talking about yeah. oh you want me to know that you're not mm-hmm. wearing a bra and and you're you know you don't want to you know put yourself out there because you're wearing this loose shirt but you know you like attention because you're wearing these jingly you know um, bracelets and and I don't quite go into that obsessiveness of it or anything where I feel like people are trying to entice me like Joe does it's not that um demonized by any means, but I do like to pick up on, you know, and crowd watching kind of like, you know, get the feel of that person. And I feel like I'm a pretty good, you know, I can pick up on things on people pretty well because I, I really pay attention, you know, to them and that sounds that sounds really creepy. That's making me sound like a little <laughs> bit like, of a stalker. And then I go and figure out where their house is on Google Image. I search. swear it, it goes no further than that. But I always enjoy kind of people watching a little bit, picking up on. I feel like I learn so much from people just you know by you know watching their mannerisms or something. If I'm at a party or you know out in public somewhere and I'm just kind of crowd watching or something. Um, you know, it's always it's always fun to do going to like Walker Stalkers and stuff, and um, you know you're kind of sitting for a bit because you're on your feet all damn day and, and walking, and you just kind of sit for a couple minutes and go get grab some lunch or something, and you just kind of love to crowd watch. There's people in interesting costumes, people are doing cosplay, you know, and so many fun and interesting people. So it's just fun to kind of crowd watch, and don't mean for that to sound creepy at all because um, I'm not really that that creepy. But I, I'm totally obsessed with this show, um, and that's why I wanted to talk about it in my number one. Because, and like I was telling you just before we started recording, just from the trailer, and and everyone knows that when you've got Netflix and they start playing whatever new show has been released, they have it immediately on that front page. And if you don't move away from it, they go into starting to play the trailer after a few seconds. And that's what happened, and caught, this caught my attention. I'd heard a little buzz on social media because it was just people were just going bananas over it. So I had already heard just a little bit, but I didn't really know what it was about. And I saw this trailer and my daughter and I were watching, you know, TV. We'd been watching some things on Netflix and that came on and I'm like, oh, I heard about this show. And she's like, yeah, I have too. And um, the, the trailer started to play and I could not take my eyes off of it. Just from the trailer, I was obsessed without even having to watch it. And um, I talked a little bit about how 
why or how I was so drawn to it. And we already talked to kind of about the rom-com aspect of it. And again, uh, the voiceover of Joe that we get to hear his obsessions. And I love that because we kind of get a peek, you know, in, into that as well. So that's my number one is my obsession. Nice. So my number one, uh, it's another one we kind of touched on a little bit, but it, it kind of ties into his history, but it's just simply titled like not a good chaser. So again, I'm just, I'm really intrigued to see this guy's history and what this guy's actually like, like, like you feel like when you're watching this, it's a clean slate. Like this is like, you're seeing him and you could easily say like, well, this is the first time he's probably ever done this, mm-hmm. but I think we're going to find out that this guy's got a pretty shady history and he's going to go from being kind of like this, like, well, yeah, he's creepy, but like he's got good intentions on certain things and it's 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 probably going to bring like the realism of like just bad people. It's probably <laughs> like I you're know. probably going to go to like oh and and the reason I bring this up too is because like when he when he's talking to her and like he's like she's like oh like when she was drunk she's like oh I'm from the bookstore and she puts up his hair her hair and he kind of like looks at her and is like oh yeah yeah that's right mm-hmm. and he's totally been stalking her for like the last what week two weeks and it's just like it's the yeah. whole question of like you know people but do you really know people well and that's hilarious because that you say that because i was thinking earlier as we're talking about how you know when you meet and like i said it can go for guys or girls um and it might not even be someone that you're wanting to date but you get curious about someone you're like i'm gonna go stalk their facebook um or i'm gonna go check out their instagram and 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 the the fine line of that is like when you've stalked someone on social media and then you meet them in person or you get to know them and you don't it's like you know all this stuff about them but yeah. you don't want them to know that you've been stalking them so it's like what do you say to that person oh how was that trip in dubai in 2011 yeah. <laughs> Well, and he let it slip too because he's like, uh, something like, you know, you're a great person, like in the world wouldn't have your poetry. And she's like, how do you know I write poetry? Mm-hmm. And he had, a, he had a good smooth line back for it. Like he, he didn't, you know, play his cards too quick, but it's, oh man, it's still just. I know. It's like, what do you do with all that information when you've been Facebook stalking or, or stalking someone's Instagram and you kind of s- peek into their lives and then you want to, you know, you kind of hide it. it. I think you should just put it out there like oh yeah sorry i checked out your instagram i saw your facebook i mean it's i've done that i was like oh i totally facebook stalked you and you know yeah whatever. i totally uh like my wife uh when we first like started talking we became facebook friends i kind of like did the whole like checking out her pictures and stuff mm-hmm. and she had this picture where she looked like she was pregnant <laughs> and she had a pack of cigarettes and an ankle monitor <laughs> and so i'm looking at this and i'm like she didn't say anything about being like having a kid. <laughs> and so like the like couple times we hung out and like obviously she didn't have a kid and I just like so like I was like going through some of your pictures and I found this one. I, I learned it was like a white ba- uh white trash bash party. I was like, ah. oh okay, well that makes me feel a little better that like you, you know, you weren't smoking with a kid or had an ankle monitor. That's hilarious. Good costume idea, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it was. But yeah, I was totally upfront with that too. Like, like, hey, just so you know, like, th- this is where I saw it, and I feel like it's almost kind of. I mean, if you have your your profiles and things like that set to to public and viewable and things like that, then it's 
isn't that just kind of standard now? I don't know yeah, because I feel like I'm I'm old and I'm so out of like the dating thing. But I feel like isn't that kind of expected? Is that everybody's kind of checking out your? Isn't that I, what everyone pretty much does? I mean, you don't carry it as far as what Joe does. Yeah, We're not yeah. outside standing outside your house or anything. But in a harmless way, that's kind of how we feel. Like, what are these? person's likes and dislikes it's almost like if you're on a dating website yeah if you're on a dating website here's the things i like here's the things i don't like and you share some pictures you know uh uh, to let someone kind of get a peek into kind of what you're like or what you're about or something so it's kind of the same thing right i don't know yeah I think the line is probably like if you're not Facebook official friends, then that's probably a little creepy. But like mm-hmm. if you're Facebook friends, like I think that's kind of be like, hey, I'm opening up all of my public information for you to view, and that that probably goes more for me because my stuff is private. Like I don't I don't just yeah. have it out there for anybody to see. But maybe that's the line. Maybe that's the. We're not know. even friends on Facebook, Sean. I know. I think we're both set like to super private, so we can't friend each other. We can't even find each other. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't even think I can find your profile. One of us will have to set it public for like just a minute, so we can add add each other as friends. We're gonna have to like call each other. So I'm like, okay, do it now, and hurry up and find that person, friend him, and then set it back. To- <laughs> Uh, that tells you how private we are. I We're know, not even right? Facebook friends with each other. <laughs> I've been oh nervous. I'm worried that you're going to like Google image search my house and show up at it and be like hiding in the bushes. I'm, I'm going to be hiding in your bushes, Sean. <laughs> you better be watching out. Watch out. Oh, my gosh. That kills me. But, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, that's, that's my number one. Kind of tied to your history, which I think was your two or three. But, um <clears throat> So a couple notes I have, uh, just really one or two, but um, the the guy that plays Joe reminds me, his voice anyway, of a podcast I listen to. It's called Wolf 359. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's an audio drama that takes place on a spaceship that's circling the sun. It's kind of like a comedy um, type podcast. Really, really good, but it reminds me of a guy on there named Eiffel. He's the communications officer. So if anybody likes audio dramas, there's a ton of these episodes out there. It's Wolf 359. Kind of has that same kind of delivery and same kind of tempo. So that mm-hmm. that actually made me think it was the same guy for a second because he does some acting too. Uh, but I don't think it is um, after looking. Um, and then the last thing, um, it was – I didn't really say the line, but when he first sees her in her house and she's walking around in a towel, he's like, damn it, Beck. Like, you know, have you never seen a horror movie or, I don't know, the news? Uh, I know. That made me giggle a little bit. It's like it's self-aware that, well, you know. What, I go back to maybe she, like I said, she was kind of a hot mess. She might be completely oblivious to it because I guarantee there's people who like look as like, well, I can't see outside the window, so nobody can see in here, right? You're like, no, that's exactly when they can it's see exactly in there. Exactly when they can see when it's you've got lights on, no shades or blinds, and it's dark outside. Yeah. I mean, people can see you anyway, even in broad daylight. But it's even worse when it's yeah. darker outside and you've got your freaking lights on. That's what that's is one part that I just had a hard time kind of keeping realistic. I mean, I guess it's one thing if you're on the thirtieth floor of a high yeah. rise in New York. I guess you know uh, I have not lived in a huge huge city like that where. Where, you know, I'm checking out, I'm not that much of a voyeur that I'm looking at, you know, I might look at the cityscape and might come across somebody standing there, but that's not what I'm looking for. I'm not that weirdo with the binoculars, <laughs> but, um, 
if you live on the first floor, I'm, I'm sorry. It just it's, it that just seemed just a little bit ridiculous um, to not even have even even any sheer blinds yeah. or um, you know curtains or something to try to obscure. It's like she really does want to be watched and put herself out there. A little bit creepy. But I like all the really I like notes I had. Did you get? Did you have any extra notes? I had just a few that we haven't already talked about. I just what you were kind of mentioning to kind of touch on that a little bit with some ironies when he first meets Beck and he is talking about, oh, will you hand me your credit card because you want me to see your name um, and, you know, saying all of these things. And he's totally already obsessing over her and, and calling out all of these things that she's um on purpose enticing him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his friend comes out after she leaves and he's holding her, her credit card slip. His friend comes out from the office behind him and he goes, you know, Hey, did you get her number on, on that receipt? And he's like, no. And he says, I'd be Googling the hell out of her right now. He's like, you know, her full name. And what does he say? That's pretty aggressive, Ethan. Yeah. And it's just funny to hear him say that. Cause it's like, dude, look how far you just went on your first meeting with her and look at where you're when then look what happens next how he goes completely bananas on her social media finds her house and stalks her um and then when he's introducing paka when he takes him to the murder uh book box and uh he gives him don quixote and he you know he asks him like well what's this what's this book and he says it's about a guy who believes in chivalry so he decides to be an old school knight Paco says, well, what's chivalry? He says, it's treating people with respect, especially women like men should. Yeah. And it's just like, he really, like, doesn't see. He doesn't make that connect at all, I think. that At least that's what I think for now, anyway, in this first episode, that he really, truly believes what he's doing is right. And and it's in her best interest. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just, those kinds of things that I cut out from what he said... Um, to other people, um, you know, like, oh, that's creepy. You know, that's aggressive to go Google her or whatever. But he goes and does all that with her social media. And he's not quite treating her with respect and, and being chivalrous. Um, I'm curious why Ethan, like, when at the end of this, we see that Benji's alive and in the the murder box. Like, why hasn't Ethan discovered that? Like, is that just completely off limits to Ethan? I don't, yeah, I kind of wondered that too. He doesn't, I mean, it's like he knows what it is and what's down there, but I guess he just maybe doesn't have the true interest that, that Joe does. Maybe. Like or maybe the he respect knows for about, books or. He might know what happens down there and doesn't care. Like he might be oblivious to it. I don't he, know. There's no cookbooks down there. Ah, that's so. what it is. Yep. <laughs> there's no cookbooks. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anyway, that's all my notes. Did you have anything else? <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm I'm really intrigued on this uh this show and really glad that uh that you threw it my way. So I'm glad glad we're covering it. Well, I'm glad that um I could share my obsession with you. Um it's it's nice to to be able to to talk about this with someone because I feel like it's it's interesting to break down. So I'm glad you're digging it so far. Um, all right. Well, that moves us on to some news. Uh, I have one segment from the Hollywood Reporter. Um, I just took a little bit 
out of an interview that they did with Penn Badgley and the co-creators. So they say the first thing that Penn Badgley um, told Hollywood Reporter is that Joe is in the wrong, full stop. He says he's just wrong. The conclusions that he comes to are wrong. The things that he does are wrong. However, right he may seem to be along the way, I think is the interesting question we're all playing with as we watch it. And it's the one that I'm really interested to hear the response. The conclusions he reaches are just wildly inhuman, ultimately. But then I think we relate to him along the way. So then it really does become this question for ourselves. At what point do we identify with him? And then where do we draw the line? And I think it's really interesting that um, a lot of what I was hearing on social media when this came out was how obsessed women were becoming with uh, his character Joe, like he's a great guy, and he's 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 uh. just he loves her, and, and and he's like people were like tweeting at him, I guess, like we love your character Joe, and he's Stalk like, me, oh, he's like, don't, yeah. <laughs> don't love that character. Why are I, you? And I just find that so interesting. That I mean, you hear about letters like Charles Manson was getting, mm-hmm, you know, Ted true. Bundy, people like that. Just I don't know what it is. I it's it's interesting, but. I'm glad that he kind of stood up and was like, you know, no, he's, he's, this is not someone that you should be admiring or say that you would love to have a relationship with. Um, Showrunner Sarah Gamble says, in the novel, you're in Joe's head the whole time, and our concept for the show was that you would start entirely in Joe's point of view, and your first brush with Beck would be his perspective on her, she says. But it was important to us, as time went on, not to waste too much time before we started to compare and contrast his views, his opinions, his best Sherlock Holmes about who Beck is, and why with some more truth and some more facts. And sometimes he's astute, and he's absolutely correct in this way that really shakes her deeply because it's so intimate and because she feels so seen. And then there are other times when he assumes things or describes things to her that just don't line up with reality. And I think that's kind of where he's Mm. talking about, you know, how you want me to know that you're not wearing a bra. You want me to know your name, things like that, where he's kind of, you know, he's not, his kind of, he's breaking with reality a little bit, it sounds like. So that's a little bit about this first episode. I was trying, again, what the trouble I always have with some of these Netflix shows, because it's all kind of out there. I have to kind of watch for spoilers. So um, that's all I have for now. But we were talking earlier about there is going to be a season two already. So yay. I'm excited for that. Same I've, same showrunner. I guess Sarah Gamble's the showrunner. She's a, a co-showrunner. I don't have. There wasn't really a whole lot of talking with the other person that that um, was writing it and and co-running it with her. Um, she had more in- interesting things to say. But yeah, there's two of them that uh, wrote it and adapted it from the book. So yeah. All right. Well, now we have messages that we found in your apartment. Um, and this is our listener feedback portion. Sean, you want to take that first one for me? Yeah, sorry. We were just kind of walking through there. Um, we would have gotten browsing. more of these, but uh, people just weren't sticking to their schedules and coming home early. But We had to jump um, in the shower. Yep, yep. We'll get more <laughs> next time. Um, so Jillian Moreau, so I'm so excited that you are covering this show. I've only seen the first two episodes, but I am hooked. The creep factor, factor of this guy is insane. It really has me thinking about how easily accessible I may be or anyone for that matter. Granted, I don't have anything public, but damn. I'm so excited to see where this series goes. The first episode completely reeled me in, and that's why I had to watch the second one right away. I'll talk about that one next time, but I'm excited to hear your thoughts, Rima and Sean. Yeah, I'm excited to hear everyone else's thoughts on this one too. Thanks, Jillian. 
uh, Darren Golden says, Kate and I watched the whole thing in like two nights. Couldn't stop. Great show. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, Rachel Teal, so totally obsessed with the show. I love how he hides in plain sight. It makes me think about how self-absorbed and distracted so many of us are. I guess it'd be easier in New York because no one is ever expecting to see someone they know and there are people everywhere. But still, makes me want to be more aware of my surroundings. I love how I'm rooting for him even though in real life he'd be a terrible human being. Benji is so completely destable. Detestable. Uh, it's the per- perfect contrast and really helps me root for Joe. <laughs> the writers did an impeccable job with Benji's character. He makes me want to bash his head in with a mallet. Oops, don't have to. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about that, did we? No, that yeah. Benji got lured down and uh, into into the murder basement and whacked with a mallet. And kept alive, too. Like, he didn't murder him. He kept him alive. He- I did not think he was going to survive that. That was a pretty good whack on the yeah. head, man, with a freaking mallet. I, that had to have cracked his damn skull. He should oh, have yeah. some, you know, brain hemorrhaging. He should have swelling of the brain. Um, well, what it is, it's all that organic crust and that more natural oh, style of living. Um, right. And the high quality the gluten-free. cocaine. Yeah, the gluten-free. Good it, cocaine it, and gluten-free <laughs> diet is what, it was what made him survive. Because my body is a temple. None of that um, uh, dairy-free cheese tastes like asshole, right? (laughs) (laughs) God, I hate dudes like that. I know. I just, I hate that guy with every fiber of my being. And I think, I think that's a good point that Rachel made. I I feel like that's almost why we almost kind of root for Joe just a little bit because Benji is such a... Ugh. But even as much of an asshole he was, he doesn't really deserve to get in the head he with didn't, a mallet. He did not. Even though he's, you know, completely detestable, he's got that damn e-cigarette, that damn, I hate those Babes. things uh, so yeah. much. I just do. And his damn artisanal soda. Oh, my God. But no, he did not deserve to get whacked in the head with a mallet. Um, Drink the greatness in your hand. <laughs> just, it's not right. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Um, next one's from Doug Fick. He says, just watched the pilot and was intrigued. Did you catch all the hidden ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I love not reading these in advance. It's pretty good. Um, I liked the inner monologue narrative. Kind of reminded me of American Psycho. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. There's an oldie but goodie. Um, However, you could totally see if there was going to be violence. It was going to be against the Nick-capped vaping soda jerk (laughs) D-bag. And when you saw the mallet, it was a no-brainer, pun intended. (laughs) Not sure about the stereotypical single mom boyfriend is an asshole, and the professor is a sexual harasser that Joe will pick off one by one. Maybe he will keep them all alive in the book chamber at a perfect 65 degrees and 40% humanity. (laughs) I'm liking all the commentary on the narcissism that is social media and the overt neediness some people portray. That's not me, right? (laughs) No, Doug. Of course not. It's not any of us. (laughs) That's great. All right. We've also got a voicemail from our good friend, Steve Brown. Hey, Sean and Rima. It's Steve. And uh, had a couple of thoughts on the pilot episode of the Netflix show, You. Um, Joe, uh, you know, he's he's very astute in his, his people watching at first. And only it, it gets uh, much creepier and then uh, even more so as the episode progresses um i didn't understand having her 
address available online. That just seems a little, uh, you know, maybe you had to do some kind of a deep dive, but it didn't seem that way. And um, it, it kind of took me out of the episode a little bit, the fact that she's a woman in her, obviously in her 20s, living in this this New York City apartment that has ground floor windows and she just leaves them open for anybody to just you know stare in and, and look in um it just seemed like she lacked a bit of there, something's lacking there the fact that she doesn't have curtains drawn or anything she just walks around the house you know i i live in the first floor and i have the, the blinds drawn on everything you, i get nervous if anyone can even look in um and then uh, obviously the, the creepiness gets gets ramped up when he follows her all day long and then of course peeping on her and in her having sex with her uh this boyfriend guy um so obviously the creepy factor just gets gets ratcheted up with him um how did he get dry after the shower because you know we see him in the same clothes and he's in the club and he doesn't look like uh he's had you know that he's, he just looks fine and then he comes back to the apartment and Paco sees him after he's been with he's been vomited on by her and there's no notice of that so th that confused me a little bit uh, to the point where it had me thinking is there any of this that's just like in his head um it, how much of this is in his head how much of it is is real maybe we're going to find out down the road I do like the fact that it make us wait a whole episode to know if the Benji guy is alive or dead. Like, you know, when we first see him, when he hits him, I think, oh, he's killed the guy. And then obviously the, the episode ends with him, with us seeing that Benji is alive. And so now obviously he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's got this live person that he's now assaulted and kidnapped. So I uh, can't wait to hear what you guys uh, thought and can't wait to to see the rest of this series as it unfolds. Talk to you later. Good voicemail. Really yeah, good I'm, voicemail. I'm going to say <clears> that probably the, like the wet clothes and the vomiting on not being there, that's probably just inconsistencies. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if any of that stuff just happened in his head. It could have, that, that that's actually a really good kind of attention to detail. If that, that is the case. Yeah. I don't, yeah, he, cause he was standing in that shower and now granted he did have his jacket on for at least the top part, um, while he was in the shower. I don't know, maybe, uh, he, because she left, she what changed her top and then left to go meet her friends at that, um, little poetry bar, coffee shop, whatever it was that she was doing that poetry reading. Um, maybe he used her hair dryer or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to kind of quickly dry off. I don't know. He did look pretty dry by the time he got there. I don't know. And we've talked already a lot about her um, open windows and being kind of exposed already. So I don't think we need to say anything more about that unless you have something you'd like to add. No, just keep your shades closed. Yeah, dude. People buy if you're yeah if if you're in that situation, get some blinds, get some shades. You can even just if you can't afford them, throw some damn sheets. Up, oh yeah, <laughs> nail some sheets up there. Do like you know the college kids and just 
throw up some sheets on your windows or something, nail them up there if you have to get yep. a little privacy. Unless um, you don't want the privacy, but then that's all up to you. I guess if you like being watched, which is what I suspect she likes it, to some extent, maybe self-consciously, I think is she truly does like it. But Say, Every time I open the door for the pizza man and I'm stark naked, he's never happy about it. So, Well... He should have that choice, Sean. You have to give people the <laughs> choice to, to see that. Just leave their billings open like you do. <laughs> give yeah. them a warning. They can just chuck the pizza. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for that great feedback. I was so anxious to to hear what you folks were going to have to say about this super intriguing um, show. And I love seeing everyone as obsessed as I am. So thanks, everyone, for writing in and taking the time. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the second episode from Netflix TV show You, titled The Last Nice Guy in New York. Hmm. The description for this episode is Beck deals with unwanted advances from her advisor and brings Joe to Peach's high school soiree. Joe tries to navigate matters with Benji. Dun, dun, dun. We're really excited for you to follow us into the book basement, but until then, you can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. You can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore pod. You can email us at StrangerThingsCastPod at gmail.com, and you can also find us on the TV Time app. And you can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts on podcastka.com. Make sure you go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed on Apple Podcast. And speaking of great podcasts, make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday, obsessively so. Yeah, <laughs> for like a ton of weeks in a row. And like I said, in a couple weeks, you'll get to hear Richard and I uh, in our stalkery, I guess, of our wives, we have two episodes odes to our wives. So those will be coming out around Valentine's Day. So um, kind of mentioned them earlier in the episode. So I thought I'd throw another little teaser out there for them. What a lovely idea. I think that is super sweet um, that you guys, you know, kind of do a little homage to your lovely wives. Yeah, I thought it turned out well. We were going to do one episode for basically talk about both our wives, but it ended up being two individual episodes so because you have so many wonderful things to say you had to make two episodes out of it yeah and just dedicate a full episode to each of them how wonderful well that's really nice can't wait to hear it all right well that's our show episode 74 pilot until next time i'm rima and i'm sean and rachel teal is strange indeed